Cody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, this is awesome. I've been trying to get you to come over here and do a podcast for how long now? Months. We've talked about it for months. Instead, but three last couple, I don't know, three weeks. Instead, what do we do? We sit at the trailer for hours and talk and talk every about time. Anything, about anything. Yeah, about anything and everything. And uh, April, you look beautiful today. Where are you going? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Hot date at Sam's Club. Oh, man. <laughs> Just kidding. You're going to have to dress up. You have to step up your game. Uh, I know, right? I'm, I've really started to dress down with, I don't know, that food trailer, it's like it's hard on clothes. So uh, I feel like I'm always dressed down. And we have a big can of spray for grease or oil or whatever that we're constantly hitting on. I got a new hoodie, though. How do you like that, huh? It's, it's essential. It's, you have to have them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ordered this from a man, Colian Noir. And uh, he's on YouTube. And I watch a lot of his videos. Anyway, but uh, but that's he's my new hoodie. gun activist? Yeah, he's actually a... Um, He's a he had a show on the NRA channel. I never watched it, but um, and he's a he's a lawyer. He's a young guy, attorney, um, and he also puts out a lot of YouTube videos. And he talks all about he's a Second Amendment guy and um, all that kind of stuff. Super smart guy, super intelligent. puts out great videos. He analyzes stuff, current events. He he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been on. Fox, CNN, MSN, he's done all the all the shows and everything else. And a lot of people have a problem uh with him because he's black and he's pro NRA and they've tried to paint the um NRA out to be a racist organization and um. it's really tough when the guy with like the most popular show on their platform at the time uh or second most popular, I can't remember which one it was, but um He's a very, you know he's a black guy who's an attorney, and who can argue things about Second, Second Amendment stuff very well. They don't like that. So, oh well. Anyway, I love his stuff. I like watching his stuff. I don't know why. It's kind of like preaching to the choir. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I don't. I already I agree with him, but I just like hearing his argument. His arguments. It is good. It is good to hear someone's argument. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, so tell us about yourself, about uh, like where where are you originally from? Uh, originally from Wyoming. Uh, I went to high school in Salt Lake, suburb of Salt Lake. And then I uh, went to college back in Wyoming mm -hmm. and ended up graduating from Montana State University with a master's in uh, student, well, back, back then, it was called a... Uh, student services degree uh, and so then I ended up being a uh, housing director and uh, dean of assistant dean of students of student services wow and before long you end up running a pro managing I should say a propane company in Columbus Montana wow I'm glad you are because you're like super pleasant to deal with <laughs> when I call in the middle of the night and I'm having a uh, a problem. I uh, I just call you and you answer at eleven o'clock at night. So, well, it's uh, interesting because that was part of what I went to school for was the uh, housing portion of it. Was college kids uh -huh. tend to be up in the evenings, mm -hmm. right, late night, 
And so you have to have a personality that can handle, you know, understanding what it's like to be 18 to 21. Yeah. During those years and trying to help them out and give them some direction. Um, but man, I can tell you some funny stories, but. Oh, it's, we'll it's have been time. In, yeah. Yeah. It's been good. Anyway, so that helps. So 11 o'clock, it's not, not that anyone wants to be woken up in the middle of the night, but. What was your wife thinking that night that I called you? Was she, was she like, what, are you serious? What are you doing running out to this food trailer in the middle of the night? You know, as funny as earlier that evening, about eight o'clock, I got another call. And so I got back about 11 and I just got back to sleep where you're kind of in that, like, don't just blow me away sleep. Woke back. And so when you got the call, she started laughing. She goes, it's a busy night, huh? And so then I was back up. By the time I got home, it was three and uh, you have to come back at eight. So it was, there wasn't a lot of sleep that particular night. But in three years, that has only happened once. It happened to be that night, but oh, wow, it's not, not well, a real common thing. Yeah, no, I my heart kind of sunk when I turned everything on, and and uh, we had made some adjustments earlier that day to the to the propane and a different little setup, and to give a little backstory on that. And then I get there in the middle of the night to start heating things up and cooking, and we had I think that day we had like. We were going to Big Timber, I think, that morning yeah, or someplace. Like Somebody that, yeah. needed like a ton of burritos. I think it was Big Timber. You were playing. You, yeah, you had like 400 burritos to make. Oh, my gosh. And uh, we just barely had a trickle of propane. So, anyway, uh, super appreciate that. Can't even tell you <laughs> enough. Um, but it's interesting because you're. I, we never really get into the college thing. You and I have a lot of discussions over there at the trailer. Um but what do you what are you thinking about college? What do you think the future of college is? Everything's changing too so quickly right now. Where do you think college is going? And I want to give you my thoughts on on the college thing a little bit. But I'm seeing that colleges are are probably not going to a lot of colleges are probably not going to open up their doors. Is some stuff I'm reading. Are you reading the same thing? Yep, I've read a lot of the same thing. I think uh, it's going to go to more of an online basis. Probably you're going to have. I mean, you're always going to have a campus. The, the traditional college that we all grew up with, where you you know you leave home and you go and live on campus and stay, I can see that uh, becoming more and more of the past. Yeah, um, I think the on-campus experience for college students will probably be more um, practical based, or if they have to come on and do some hands-on learning. But a lot of it's going to be done at home or distant learning. I and it of, has been going that way for 20 years. I kind of feel it's becoming less relevant. I mean, because people, yeah, they go to college for the college experience. A lot of them do. They don't know what they're going to do when they get there. There's a ton of people that spend a ton of money on on college. And then they they get out. And there aren't jobs that they thought they were going to have when they get out. They end up getting into something completely different. And with everything becoming a little bit more information becoming way more accessible online. Well, yeah. I, what do you think? I disagree with you a little bit. And I think that it's, it's the change of a paradigm change. And then your way of thinking is I agree with you in the sense that the traditional education experience is becoming a little antiquated. Mm-hmm. Um, but to learn, you have to be able to learn in order to go from the back of the line to the front of the line. And what that means is, is in order for you to run a food truck, there's some things you have to learn in order to be successful at that. And so whether whether you learn that through 
college or whether you learn it by some, you know, getting your hands in proximity to somebody that's doing that, Mm -hmm. there's still an education that has to be had. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And so what's, what's changed in that, and this is where I think you're going, is, you know, because of the internet, because of um, technology, the, you know, need necessarily to be in and have book learning taking Mm -hmm. place on a campus setting, you know, where it's brick and mortar, then, you know, there is a little bit less of that, but you still have to have people that understand how businesses are run. You still have to understand how to cook. You still need to be able to up your game in some form. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of, you know, even having people that come in and um, work with, you know, someone yeah. to learn a trade. Um, I, I think, though, that like uh, like April, for instance, April, you don't did you ever go to college? You have no. no yeah, no, I did. not Extremely uh, knowledgeable on food. Extremely. Absolutely. Um, and. So a lot of times when we're cooking stuff, I mean, the very first day she, you know, remember that you came and showed up at the trailer. You were going to help us at Montana Gibbs. I was like, hey, we're making shrimp po'boys. And I was like, (laughs) hey, is this done? Like, I just like immediately, like I knew she had food background and I was like, uh, but I I didn't really cook a bunch of shrimp or anything. I'd cooked it a little bit. I know it cooks quick, but um I I just wasn't really confident in my game. I'm like, I know what I want to put out. Anyway, I go to April on this and April's been April, like tremendous resource for us. Every time we come out with something, I go to April and I'm like, Hey, this is what we're (laughs) going to cook. And I'm like, and I got all the stuff for it. And the special starts today. How do we cook this? And, um, but how did you, how do you, how did you get so much knowledge in, in food? Gosh, I reading. I've read reading a lot, internet, um, and then also working with chefs and pretty much hands-on, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just self-taught, but there's lots of information out there. To you see, and I think and maybe think grab that, that is important. And, and just pull that that way just a little bit. Oh, right, there you go. Pull. There you go. Yeah. That's like the whole table. Oh, all right. <laughs> maybe... Or maybe swing your chair that way just a little bit because when you look toward him, it kind of cuts okay. off I think, a little bit. I think, that's getting... where, I think that's where it's going, though, is is education does not have to be done in a, a community setting where it has right. to be an on-campus type of experience. Right. You still have to learn that somewhere. You still have to learn those skills and that. Absolutely. But whether Absolutely. you're reading about it, whether you're online watching videos. But that's the thing is like, would you – do you need to pay a college – or do you need to go pay a, a culinary school? Because I think a lot of people were like, you know, hey, uh, to be a celebrity chef someday, I got to go have this fancy school. But you have to have so many hours. Like, for sh- I mean, you have to, like, to become a chef and become that high end, you have to just have those experience hours in the kitchen, in doing it fast paced. Um, you just, yeah, it's just the hours and hours and hours, whether you're at home doing it. Agreed. But, but do you need to pay for those hours? Or do you just need to go and get in there and do those? I don't think it matters. I think that it's based off of how you work. I mean, yeah, how you are the, able to learn. The American dream, right? What is yeah. the American dream? You can come here and be anybody you want. Right. You can do anything you want. Right. But then you can talk with somebody that says, yeah, but you don't have the money or the resources to go to college and become this, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so many different ways. Have you ever read there's, the book 10,000 10, hours? No. 
I haven't either. I've heard of it. Do you know what it's about? No. It's about the hours it takes to put in. Is this the one I'm talking about? The hours it takes to put into learning anything is like a minimum of like 10,000 hours to be able to master. Whether it's a chef, whether it's photography, videography, whatever. Uh, I've put in like 9,000 hours (laughs) in about seven different things but i'm really far so you're off almost, from hitting you're, 10, you're a master of many right <laughs> not really not jack master. of all trades so you're really close yeah on like a lot I'm, of them. i never really improved my cooking game to to be a master <laughs> i've never really improved my video game i've you know which is just, super cool now is they offer those master classes have you seen those yep. where you pay and which is really neat is not they were running a special for a while you could buy that class and share it with somebody free and so those I was actually looking because I'm always learning. I if you ever stop learning in the kitchen, then you yep you're running behind. Yeah. Yep. So it's always it's always learning. You're always learning, and I've contemplated on you know getting some of those even now to because I always want to be up on it. I always want to learn it. I don't even know anything. Like I am nothing but, compared to a lot of people. But well, on the other end though, you can change your thinking because a lot of people think that I've I've made it right. Yeah. And then you start to see them slide behind. So that the whole key is never being overconfident in what you're doing. I mean, you may be good. You may be excellent at what you're doing. But you don't want to stop learning. And that's where, for me, being... And so I'm a pro-advocate of education. I'm not a pro-advocate that you have to go to college. I think you can go to trade school. I think you can get in proximity with somebody. Um, but if, if you wanted to learn how to cook, if you want to learn how to be a, a mechanic... Right. We've all run into people that are like, well, have you ever gone to snow? You know, but they're just as good as somebody who went to MIT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, there's less of them just off of statistics, but they're there. And if somebody wants to learn, that's what made what I love about technology when it comes to education is if you take the poorest people in the world in in in, in India, they have the caste system. Mm-hmm. OK. And in the caste system, the poorest of the poor, based off of them, right? Yep. You know, they're looked upon as as the worst in the world, you know. But because of technology, they now can take classes from Harvard for free. Yes. They're actually, I just listened to a podcast and they were saying of all the free classes you can get from Harvard, Yale, and that anybody can get. Anybody can do it. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah. And so you want to talk about moving your social system or changing your stars, for lack of a better term? You know, the Internet has made that possible. If, if you want to become a, you know, engineer, a chemical engineer, you can do that and by looking at the classes that are offered for free. This And this goes to support what my theory is is that college is becoming less and less relevant because not just colleges are putting out that information anybody who wants Absolutely. to is yeah. putting that information out so you can go on youtube and you can find somebody who's who's teaching physics you can find somebody teaching calculus you can find there's anybody teaching anything Absolutely. putting out classes and, and, and there's tv shows and right? this youtube huge well and the, and this is the thing though i'm i think though we're going to see in the next Let's say even 10 years. This is all going to, to me, this coronavirus is speeding all this up. People are like, wait, why was I spending all that money to go to college and, and get all that when I'm sitting here at home, I'm tooling around, I'm finding all this same information is on here. If I just go ahead and 
start studying this stuff out. They, I think they don't, they're not going to have that accredited or uh, that piece of paper. Um, but I find that I, I feel that if somebody were to come to me, instead of handing me a piece of paper that says I have this, but if somebody were to say, let me get in here with you and I'll do this with you for a little while, you know, even at my expense, let me just get in here and show you what I'll do, I can do. Honestly, if somebody comes to me and said, hey, I have 30,000 followers, I'd be like, you're hired. Honestly, in the business I'm in, and I think in most businesses, it's going to come down to not the piece of paper that you have. It's going to be what kind of a following that you have. I think that's the paradigm shift. I also think there's going to be a big gap, too, because there's not a lot of people that are like motivators of themselves like no, to motivate yourself when you're sitting at home to like okay i'm gonna study this unless you're a pretty good self-motivator True. there's gonna then you're gonna see a big gap of um people that are learning you know at the at home but the people that still need that campus and that push to be like i have to be in the classroom setting and have that because unless you're a self-motivator yeah, it's very, very hard to be like oh i'm gonna just take this class because I want to. <laughs> well, and I think the question comes is, do you need to have that piece of paper, right? You know, if you if you need to be hired as an engineer, you probably have to have a little piece of paper that says I, that you're I, certified. I think there's always going to be a, a need for that piece of paper on certain jobs, you know. There's are those. I don't. I don't want to go to. A, I don't want to go under surgery. And no. The guy goes. Yeah, I watched this on YouTube right before <laughs> well, he came in. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, if he watched it on YouTube right before he came in, he'd probably be a little sharper. I fear these guys that come out of school and don't ever study again. They're like, absolutely. I, I did I, I my 100% time. I 100% agree with you. And honestly, like, I can't believe how many times I go fix a car, like go fix something on my vehicle. Now, I was trying to repair our our driveway over the weekend. Right. All of a sudden, the front bucket will not lift. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, why? I can do everything else on this backhoe. So I'm sitting there for a minute. I'm getting really discouraged. It's getting hotter by the minute. The hydraulics? Is that what it was? Yeah, the hydraulics, right? It won't lift. I pull up on YouTube, and there's a guy who two years ago had the same problem, got his cell phone out, and diagnosed it, and goes underneath his backhoe and shows where the problem is shows where he went. Then he's like updates, you know, the video goes along and he's like, yeah, this just happened. I think it's this. Then he's like, has printed out schematics and he's like, so I went to the website and this, if you're having this problem, go to the website. This is what it is. Blah, 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 blah. Diagnosis the whole thing. Now I'm like, I'm yesterday. I'm on Caterpillar ordering parts. Like I don't, I didn't need, I don't need that high dollar diesel mechanic uh, you know, I mean, I still, you still absolutely, need absolutely. those things. I do the same thing. I absolutely understand what you're getting at. But honestly, I mean, how much longer was it going to go before? But you weren't doing that in the 90s. No. No. You know, you were taking, you were spending that because you, there, that information wasn't available to you so quickly. And Well, you're going to your neighbor back then. Yeah. You're going to the Caterpillar. Yeah. yeah. So right. granted, I will give you that. I don't want my surgeon just looking on YouTube for the first time. But it's kind of crazy uh, what where technology is going. Uh, absolutely, and I think that there's going to be a I, in a lot of ways you'll probably see some type of a hybrid, a combination of the two. Gosh, you, you know, know what? If if you listen to Elon Musk, it's not going to be too far before they just download that information into your head. Like you know, if you need a surgeon. And be like, who needs a certain job? Like I was listening to his thing, and he's talking about the neural, uh, the neural link, and uh, that they're like he's saying within five years we're not going to need language, we're not going to need to talk to each other. He's going to have, they're going to have neural link in place where they literally make a hole in your skull where they can plug in, 
And, and, uh, at what point then is like, oh, you don't go to college for four years. You go, you just plug into the internet and download, like you're on the matrix, the scene where he's like, have you seen the matrix? Yeah, yeah. But where he's there's like, gonna come, there's going to be a cost to that, right? Oh yeah. There's and then there's going to be... be people that still have to certify that. And so there, you're, you're going to have some form of, yeah of what we're talking about. But it's going to be interesting in the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. I mean, you may just download college. I mean, it's an exciting, this is an exciting time to be alive. Oh, it's a crazy time. And it's completely crazy. But it's, if, if you're talking about trying to anything you want, we're at our fingertips. Yeah. You know, patients, movies, TV, right? We don't even have to pay for a phone call if we don't want to. Yeah. Right. Um, And so absolutely. It's an exciting time. Do you are now, not to get all personal about what what direction you're steering your kids in, but let's get personal. What direction are you steering your kids in? Are you teaching them like, hey, get your, you know, get this in order because you got to get into a good college? Are you going that route, or are you just how are you approaching? How are you approaching that? What are your kids' age by uh, ages? Uh, so my my kids are 10, 13, and sixteen. Okay. Um, and my whole approach and, and my wife's approach and it is first off, we're pro education. Mm-hmm. That does not mean it has to be a, you know, in a, a certain area. So secondly is, is I have two that are low vision kids, which changes the dynamics a little bit. Um, so in, to, to answer the question that you asked is how are we changing? The base is to give them a good base that they can do anything they want. So does that include tech? You know, does that mean that they have to go to college? No, but that does not not include it. And so, what what, what I mean by that is is learn the basics of where you can find the information, and then go get something. And so, you know, when my kids are entering the workforce, right? I want them to have something that they can fall back on. That doesn't mean that it has to be education. All it means is that you go find something, whether that's cooking, whether that's um, looking at, you know, wanting to be an engineer, right? You have to go and find those areas that you can fall back in. If they want to be a horseshoer, then I know that, you know, at the very least, they're not going to starve. You know, there's horses out there that need shot. Honestly, if you want to go shoe horses and shoot videos with your cell phone and teach others how to do, like, I think you can almost, and they're showing it, people are doing it. Yeah, I've, I've watched I've watched them. You can make a very good living, be a horseshoer, through sponsors, through, uh, through, I mean, it's crazy how the world has changed on that. Like any of those jobs that you think, okay, you just got to go out there, break your back and you're going to earn a decent living. The world has opened up completely. I, my eyes are completely widened to. Absolutely. To but that. I think that, that there's personalities in each one of these areas that we're, we're neglecting that, right? Is there's some people that are outgoing mm-hmm. personalities and there's others that attract people, you know? And so the, the people that are to attract them, especially with the videos, are going to be a lot more of the teachers of the world. Not that there's not introverts that are teachers, because there are. True, true. But I will say that there is there is an audience for everyone. Like, I follow this there's guy. There's a bigger audience for those that are more outgoing. Yes, very much so. But nowadays, I think you can actually, let's say you're going to be a farrier, and right. you're going to, uh, you can actually put out... You can, I mean, you don't have to, nobody has to, right? But if you do want to take that and turn it into something else, there is a platform for everything. And if you're not Mr. Personality, you can still have worldwide distribution in printed form or 
through a podcast. You Absolutely. could just talk to people who are about horses and do a podcast and have a following and have a following and be a be a somebody. I follow a guy on um, on YouTube when it comes to guns and gear and just technical stuff on that type of stuff. Mister Guns and Gear, and uh, he's just solid guy. Tons of information. Not Mister Flamboyant. Not Mister Personality. He has a huge following and he's an example of like i'm like when i first saw him i'm like okay this guy at first seems really dry and very whatever then you just realize that's not why people are following this guy they're following this guy because he knows a lot he doesn't have the same personality but then i follow other people that reference him that they're watching him and they're following him i'm just saying there is an audience for everybody as as when you have worldwide distribution now it's like I, you're, I absolutely because the the world's the world's in your palm, right? Yeah, in your hands. I can I totally get where you're going. Yeah, with yeah. It. I'm just saying that you you have to have a personality and somebody that wants to do it before it before it takes place. Yeah, I. And I so agree. even though we have all the tools in the world, I mean, you can lead a horse to water, right? You yeah. can't make them drink. And so we have all the tools in the world to do it, right? But there's still going to be people that find ways not to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, like what what you were saying earlier, April, was that. Uh, uh, just having the discipline and the drive, you know, and I, yeah, absolutely. I think the drive is huge and, right? uh, to, to be able to zone out from distractions and focus in on, uh, uh, for uh, whatever you're going to do there. I mean, it's all there. All the information is there. It's, a, it's never been easier to, no, it hasn't. Well, I dealing with, with propane, you know, I tell people all the time if they want to like, how do you, you know, how much do you make? Right. And you tell them, they're like, wow, that's pretty good. And I'm like, but you have to have a, you know, you have to have a CDL. You need to get your hazmat. And they're like, oh, that's too much. I'm like, dude, I'll teach you all of it. We'll even pay you while you're learning it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing how many people are like, eh, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, they don't want to put up it's with it. It's just those extra couple of steps that yeah, you need to do. But then people just, some people just aren't driven. And they're just like, just tell me what I need to do it and be done, you know. And that's. I mean, we need all sorts of people to make the world go around, so. Absolutely. I mean, it'd make life easier if they all agreed with me, right? Right. But it's not near as exciting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. When are you going to start putting out some content, huh? (laughs) I want to see some, I want to see propane You know know what? The more I talk to you, the more I get inspired. You know, I found it's completely interesting. I I found a guy who did experiments with propane, and it was fascinating i learned so much from this video this guy in his backyard with a lab coat on and doing stuff with propane i just didn't i don't don't know what i thought propane was i don't know what i thought it was i learned so much off of this guy's video and uh i'm i don't know i need to get the note i need to get that because i love i love watching it and especially because you're doing it right right and i'm amazed by if you go east of the mississippi from what i've read right i don't know this by knowledge um, it's you have to be, you know, you basically have to know what you're doing. Right. Out here, you know, if you have a CDL and pass your hazmat, you can start pumping fuel. I mean, it's not quite that simple. It's, I mean, it's the Wild West. But here. it's the Wild West, yeah, yeah, compared to the East. And so the world is a different place. And there's people that have been here for, you know, been in it, and they know quite a bit. They've been mm-hmm. in it for 20 years, right? And you'll ask them the question. And then I, just out of curiosity, I'll ask somebody else the question that's been here 10 years or 30 years, all of them are different answers. And, and, uh, I can, res- I can still remember the first time that I was being trained and I'm like, Hey, so is there a book, you know, or something I could read about? 
And they're like, no, it's, you know, on the job training. And I started laughing. And uh, they're like, Cody, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, because I just came from charter, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I had to have a four-hour class to, to climb a ladder. Yeah. To change a light bulb. But you're telling me I could blow somebody up. You could blow up a town. Blow up a town. And it's on the job training. Oh, man, bummer for them. You know, like, at least I won't do that again. Yes. Totally different world. Yes. And uh, so I think that there's a need, right, for that. But it's amazing what you learn. So having that guy's name would be awesome just to be able to learn it. Because you can sit back and think, I drive the little trailer around once a day, once a week. Right. Uh, lately, it's been more than that. And uh, people are like, right, I don't want to hit you because you're going to blow up. You know, in reality... You know, there was a cage where a car came in. You know, this happened a year ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And hit that cage square on at 25 miles an hour with all those little 20-pound bottles. Yeah. And the 20-pound, not one of them had a dent in it. I was amazed at watching this guy's video on how safe it was. As long as he abided by these certain principles, he was safe. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would never do that. This guy's in his backyard. He's like, now why don't we just kick this over and uh, you'll see what happens here. And, like, and it's everything's lit, you know. And, and uh, what I, you know, and the other thing about it is, like, that's his version of doing it. And I think, like, th- like I said, there's an audience for everyone. Maybe, maybe somebody doesn't like this guy, but they like your take, your your personality when it comes to propane and propane safety like because everybody you're finding out now like you can follow anybody who you want to follow it's some people just rub you the wrong way so you can follow anybody but um so you could actually put out content based on things you've seen other people do not that you're going to outright copy what they're doing but maybe that inspires you to put your spin on it and to one-up them or to put something else out or whatever else i know i talk about content 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 all the time absolutely and and uh, it's inspiring but it's a matter of time for me because because i bring this up because i've learned that the middleman is cut out the guy who sits there and says you can get onto this show or you can't there used to be two three outlets where you could get out there and do your thing and that's gone and i don't think people have have realized that yet you know, I put out some content. I'm a real hack and an amateur at it. And But some people look at what I do and they're like, wow, did you go to school for that? I have people, I've had people ask me that or like, how did you know? No, no, I got on YouTube. I, I figured out some, you know, I've watched a few videos. I click on their links. I buy the camera that they tell me to buy. I do the steps that they tell me to do. And, but I'm figuring out like, hey, I don't have to spend $20,000 now to put out a commercial to advertise my business. So anybody who can do a few clicks and start a Shopify account. But you know what's what's cool about that, what you're talking about, is that you're learning how to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're learning the secret isn't the $20,000. The secret's right. doing it yourself. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that probably goes back to how you were raised a little bit. There's a little bit of that self-drive that has to take place. You know what, honestly, now that you bring that up, I... I guess I haven't really thought about that, where I get that from. But I guess I get that from my dad. Because self-sufficiency? Holy cow. My dad would get a book and just be like, I'm going to learn this. Like, you know, he actually struggles um, reading. And, um, you know, got his master's degree and um, all this stuff. But my mom actually read pretty much all of his assignments to him, all of his studying, all of his books. All of his book learning. Like, 
through a lot of years of college. He couldn't, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't read it. But anyway, but he built houses. He built our, our house in Las Vegas. And then, uh, and then we built several houses after that. But he would just go get a book and read this thing on, elect, on electrical and figure it all out. So yes, I think I got a lot of that from him because he didn't call on some expert unless he absolutely had to. No, and neither. So you're right there because I grew up watching him Everybody stuff that I grew up with, when I started building my house, and I went to the three, you know, my brother, I went to my father-in-law, I went to the guy next door, right? And their comment was, go get a book, ask the three smartest people you know, and then make your own decisions, right? Yeah. Which is why they're all a little different. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's the difference of learning that from the time we're young is you can learn this. You yeah. Know, you learn how to do it, and you figure it out, and you can save yourself some money. And... How many experiences he had where the contractor comes in, does it, and you're and then it's like, dude, you really screwed that up. I can screw it up that bad. Right. I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've had that experience too. And so those are part of, you know, doing what you're doing is out there getting it. And there's lots of people that are inspired by that. There's lots of people that are overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, their emotions or their personality on it that comes with it. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's awesome. Anybody that's willing to learn. Um, like April was saying that she loves learning about cake, cooking, right? Yeah. Food. Yeah. Um, are you a foodie? Oh yeah. Yeah. I really, so. yeah. There and that's where it inspires I don't you. eat or like, yeah, I love food and I love different things. Uh, yeah. Just everything, the texture, the colors. She finds like some really cool shows. Uh, like we don't have, uh, we don't have like satellite or anything like that out at home. So anyway, so she'll, but she downloads, streams it, whatever, finds all these shows and uh, what are some of those shows that you've you're watching um, at the house the one i really have been is the mind of a chef and it just goes into their mind and how they look at food how they think about it and it's just super super interesting and i, I just relate a lot run to in the house all day no, I, I totally and get I relate to a lot to it because i lo- like my favorite thing is you know going to farmers markets and seeing the colors and the different fruits and vegetables and pairing it with things and coming up with new, you know, what cheeses or you know, just, yeah, I love. And, you know, what's the one thing that we do every day? We eat, right? Yeah, yeah. So learning about that is an, I think it's. Sometimes. Well, I think it's interesting. There's one person we went and ate at their house. And we walked in and, and you know, it's really weird for a guy, right, to turn around and be like, I'm going to make love to you tonight. Which is what he said. Yeah. And uh, we're like, whoa, that's, that's whoa. intense, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what he meant, though, was he was going to share his love through food. Yeah. And uh, not that, you know, I don't necessarily love eating different kinds of food everywhere. Um, There's certain, we all have our taste. But when someone's so passionate about what they're doing, you're almost, you're you're almost feeling guilty eating it, right? Yeah. Um, But you definitely don't want to tell them you don't like it if you really aren't something that you, I mean, that's one of the, like my wife, her biggest thing is she loves cooking. And I think that we take it for granted as kids, but uh, we grow up when mom's making dinner, you know, or dad. And uh, you sit down and eat. Well, that's a form of love. You know, how else is it? And yet it's a trade that sitting down and having dinner together, how many families are doing that? Less and less less and less. less. I, I'm always telling April's kids, I'm like, you guys don't, you just don't even know how good you have it. Like, we eat meals at home, like, 
like you just wouldn't believe. Like we take pictures of them, we don't post them. Or she, uh, April has her own. You have I, your own. Yeah, my own Instagram. I've been kind of posting. I don't do very much, but I have a few things out there that I've yeah. Taken photos these kids of don't have a clue. I tell them all the time. I'm always reminding them. Like, like I've taken it on as my personal thing <laughs> to make sure they know. Like, you don't even realize how good the food is that you're eating. Like, you have, but, and they're but, just like. But they're, we, but they're, we've that's like their this. adjustment, right? That's their anchor. And this is the crazy part for them. That's what it's going to be. Their anchor was what mom makes, right? Yeah. So everybody else is going to be compared to that. Oh, because I, then you adjust. I feel bad right? for their future <laughs> whoever's in their life. Cause, but that will motivate them to learn. And what I mean with that a little bit is when my kids were little, now they're still young, but when they're little, we wanted to be able to go out to a restaurant and um, sit down and not have them crawling and underneath the table and throwing right. food, right? Right. And so we started with candles. So when it gets dark, you know, being up here in Montana, it gets dark in the wintertime by five. And so we would sit down and have a candlelight dinner, you know, as yeah. often as we could, which turned out to be two or, you know, when they were younger, it was a lot easier. Yeah. Now it might turn into once a week or once every two weeks, but we try as often as you can to have dinner together, we would light the candle. And it's amazing how different the change just just setting having, that atmosphere differently how atmosphere. they how yeah. they act. Yep. And then the other one is we wanted to be able to because um, I can remember being I don't know sixteen let's say, and my dad goes, "You guys need to know how to eat at a formal setting." Uh huh. And so he would set it up a few times. You know, um, my mom wasn't necessarily into that as much. Yeah. She loved cooking and baking, um, but he wanted to make sure that we knew how. Yeah. Well, I find myself at 19 in in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and uh, we walked into this per, you know this house, and they had this nice formal setting. And uh, I remember being, do I want to sit down or do I wait? You know, and you're kind of in your back of your mind going, well, I've learned. You kind of wait. So I was kind of just hovering. You know, I wasn't really yeah. sitting. Right. This one kid comes in and sits down, and sure enough, you know, the woman of the house comes and says, you know, we don't sit until the, the person of the head of the household sits. And I'm like, man, I dodged yeah. the bullet, right? Yeah. Sit down and you've got, you know, your all of your silverware set out in front of you, the cup. And you're just like, Phew. I was grateful for learning how to eat. Right. Um, even though we didn't do it a lot, right? Yeah. So as the kids get older, you know, we set it in different ways so that they know how you know, which fork they need to start with or which fork comes with your salad or yeah. in your seven-course meal. Um, and it's an interesting conversation that you have by just sitting down and having dinner together. There you go. That's a, you know, and like you are saying, not a lot of kids are sitting down and doing this with their parents and their family and the families are kind of changing and whatever. But uh, How I, many gu- people- I guarantee you that content's, it's out there. Like you can go it, look it well, up it now. Well, it is upset. But how many, think about this. How many times in your own life, right, uh-huh. do you get home at the end of the day, right, you go in and grab something to eat, and you go to your room, or you go in and sit out on the chair? How many dinners are done with people all over the house? That's a, you know, this is an American too, thing, too. Um, where a lot of other countries are still, they still take that time, that lunch hour and the dinner and the tea and that they still sit down and stop everything else they're doing and do just that. 
Americans aren't, we're always on the go. We're eating when we're driving. We're eating, you know what I'm saying? Just Absol- to do this. Absolutely. So America is the worst, worst at this, of not having that time and that family time and the time with friends and the after work where they go out and have, you know, hors d'oeuvres and a couple of cocktails, you know, at the end of their work. I mean, those are like very specific things that... Oh, and it builds friendships, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a com- sense of community I, and just, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, that's something we don't do enough. We, we've we gotten don't. to where our lifestyle is just like we go hard, right? And uh, we don't take the time to, well, we sit down as a family. We do. Like we did it yesterday. But, no, we But do. we don't like set the table and get all fancy. It's kind of like set up like kind of like a buffet style and, and – um, I don't know. Everybody well, kind of grabs the same, their stuff. We did the same thing yesterday, right? You, you, we go out and, and we were working. We come back in and it was kind of buffet style. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to take the time. You know, we try to do like uh, Christmas, New Year's. Yeah. Um, it's funny as it sounds. Each month has kind of a holiday. When you think about it, you got, you know, March. You know, you have uh, what's the what's St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just doing something for St. Patrick's Day. That yeah, you can actually, yeah. you know, make it a little bit more than just coming and have a buffet. Oh. Um, I say that and it makes it sound like I'm yeah. just great personally. With no. the, and it's you not say St. Patrick's Day and I start thinking about what did we have this last time around? Oh, it was so good. Oh, um, Colcannon, which is actually an Irish dish. Um, Colcannon? Yeah, it's huh. so good. You take, uh, it's just potatoes, you brown butter and um, cabbage. And green onion, and it's just mixed all together. But that's actually you do, an Irish you do it with corned beef too. Um, well, I had the corned beef separately, but this is just like a side dish, and it's actually traditional. I could Irish. eat it all day long. But it's delicious. Like, just oh. delicious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was so good. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, I was thinking about this a minute ago when you were talking about, you know, hey, I learned this from my dad. Um, April's kids were telling me the other day, or it was Bailey. She was telling me how uh, there's like, uh, there's actually YouTube channels or a YouTube channel. I don't know if there's many. I got to look it up where they're like, hey, these are things that your dad, like you don't have a dad. Won't tell you. Well, they haven't, you don't have a dad. So like, this is like stuff, videos where we're going to teach you what your dad should have been teaching you. And I'm like, how genius is that for a YouTube channel? Oh, it's huge, yeah. Yeah. That is... uh, All those little things that you just don't think about, you know? Yeah, yeah. How many things did we... Did you grow grow up in scouting? I did. And everybody's bailed on... The Boy Scouts are just like... Were you an Eagle Scout? Uh, I was not. I'm right under... And I have three merit badges. Well, I don't have a college degree, but (laughs) I... I That's my my blemish. I I don't have that. I do have my Eagle Scout... uh, Anyway, which is worthless now because everybody's bailing on Boy Scouts. So, okay, so go on with what you're saying. Then I'll ask well, you just question. just that, like you know, a lot of those basics about um, I don't know morals and ethics and how to start a fire, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, being a lot of my peers, we grew up learning it there. But that even people are walking away from that. There with so much scandal and everything else with the Boy Scouts and a lot of other things. It's going away. Did There's you, not so many places. Did you experience any of that scandal? None of it. No, I have none of it, right? No, no. And then I grew up, was a leader. My boys, my youngest, both of my boys are Eagle Scouts. Mm-hmm. My youngest one just graduated or just got his. Um, both of them were 13 and a half um, when they got their Eagle Scouts. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot that can be taught 
by doing it. I don't, I'm not saying that the Eagle Scout by any means is, is you know, the end all by any means. But for me, it was about time spent with my kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It had nothing to do really with scouting. Right. It was more of, hey, let's go teach you, you know. Right. How to, you know, take electrical, right? All yeah. the merit badge is is an introduction to whatever to it is that they're of, teaching them. Right, to broaden, broaden to broaden them. And, to, yeah. and to let them know, hey, you have a lot of, uh, you know, things. My third, my youngest son loves chemistry. Like, he loved chemistry. And if you were to ask me, you want to do chemistry? Hell no. Like, there's no way you're going to get me to go do chemistry. Even though we deal with it all throughout our life. You know, what is propane, right? It's right. chemistry. Right. In the simple form. But he loves it. You know, and he wouldn't have known that had you not gone through. Yeah. It's kind of sad that these things are, I don't know, society is changing and certain things are just in cancel culture. Squeak, yeah. I think it's the squeaky will, right? Yeah. That gets the, gets the grease a little bit. Um, were there people that are abused? Yes. Are there people that are abused every day at home? Yes. Are there people that are neglected? Yes. But that shouldn't change the good of what's out there for people. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, it. I agree, and but we are losing these organizations and hundred, yeah, I yeah, agree. it's all yeah. So it's even becoming more and more important that parents step up and teach these things to their kids. And I think it's interesting right now. I think we're seeing a shift with coronavirus and everything going on in the world. I think a lot of people are taking it more serious about like, hey, how do we start a garden? How do we maintain chickens in our backyard? I'm I'm seeing like all that stuff, like demand for chickens and seeds and everything. Beef. Like everybody's getting back to basics all of a sudden. I have more requests for thousand gallon tanks for propane. Oh. This I mean, it has been nonstop for requests or to add a tank. Really? Um, so you can tell that people are a lot more there's concern. There's definitely an uncertainty uh, yeah. that's out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how much, uh, I mean, are you paying, are you, how much are you following all this? Like I had to pull away from it. Like I, I started to like get, I'm getting bummed out. Are you following stuff or you just Uh, keep your head down? Uh, you have to follow it to some extent. You have to be aware of it. Right. Um, I think that, that it, uh, first off, you know, I'm an optimist, you know, at, at the core, completely optimistic. So. At the, at the end of the day, this is an exciting time, right? To be to be alive and to be listening and see what's going on. I guess. Well, either way, right? Whether <laughs> whether it comes to an end or yeah. it doesn't, right? I agree. I it's, agree. It's a completely exciting time, and you have to be prepared. That doesn't mean you have to buy into it, right? And I think that being prepared for it, so when the decision comes, yeah, right, you're ready to make that decision. You don't need to be going. I'm not going to be sitting on one side or the other. You have to have a decision made. Boom, I'm moving. Yeah. And uh, I'm not trying to say I'm a prepper by any means, but I believe in being prepared. Uh, maybe that's a Boy Scout motto. Yeah, right. It is for uh, sure. Okay, so let's hear yours. You guys are giving each other looks. There's a whole conversation taking place in the room. No, no, not so much. I mean, we're definitely. I mean, we're like, I well, I ordered another case of ammo. Let's put it that way. Uh, every time I can, you know, I'm kind of trickling along here as I go, but I, I'm definitely like. You know, my concern is not that I'm actually preparing to, you know, like for the world to just completely fall apart. But in a way, like I I feel like they are going to try and um, I say they elements 
certain people out there are going to start cracking down. It's just like we saw how this rioting took place and other things. I just worry about people messing it up for others, and then they use these as excuses to take our rights away. So I am, yeah, I'm buying ammo. I'm buying magazines. I'm buying things that I feel like they've always wanted to make illegal or they make it difficult for the common person to get a hold of. I'm not buying it for any specific reason other than there might be a day where we can't buy it. So, well, I think it's important to uh, be prepared because there's people out there trying to take our freedoms away, right? Yeah, for sure. And because they're trying to take our freedoms away, we need to be prepared to stand up and speak against it or to speak up for it, you know? Yeah. Even if it's if if it's doing just what we're doing here. And, yeah. And letting people know and say, hey, you've got to speak up for what you believe in and you got to stand for something. Yeah. Um, and if you believe that, you you know, we should have a Second Amendment. Um, let people know that you have a Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, you know, if you believe that, that we are going a different direction, then you need to be able to stand up and say, hey, we got to go this direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need more leaders that are up there because there's definitely a lot of people saying, hey, you know, if I was in the ghetto, um, which I, I have spent some time in the ghetto, and you're scared for your life because someone has a gun, um, that's a different world than, yeah. than we live here. Yeah. Because here, you know, everybody has a gun. Yeah. Know? Very, very um, true. And if they don't, they it's not far from where they can get one. Yeah. Right? Very true. Very and, true. And uh, so, but in the inner cities where there's a lot of the gangs and those, you know, we're, we're talking about two different worlds. Yeah. Um, and so there's people that are advocates for going against it based off of that world that they come from. Um in my opinion, I think you should just move, right? Yeah. But a lot of them don't right. want to. They're scared. Or they can't. Or they can't. Right. They don't have uh, the resources to do it. And so, you know, people only think in their narrow box. You know, they don't. Yeah. One of the things I did my uh, dissertation on, which is, an, so when, when you graduate with your master's, one of the mm-hmm. things you have to do is you have to do a in-program. Uh, right. And my dissertation was on um, circles of influence. So think of a chain. And this is what, you know, all of us are talking about is in order to go from bottom to the top. And that doesn't mean anything other than if you want to have your own podcast. Yeah. If you want to have your own food truck, if you want to have your own ranch, you want to be able to fix your car. Right. You have to be connected with somebody that can do that. There has to be a circle of influence. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't go from one to three if you don't have a connection of two because you don't even know what's possible. So a lot of people, and this is the, the change that takes place, is a lot of people come from the inner cities or the ghettos, and they don't even know that it's possible to have a better life because they don't even have any concept yeah. that it's a better life. There's people that are watching videos, and they see, and, and this happens a lot, is they'll see somebody get shot in the TV show, flip the channel, and the person's alive. And so there's 13-year-old kids or 15-year-old kids in gangs, and they go shoot their friend because they're watching it on video. They think that, you know, the next one, even though they know that there's a possibility of them dying, in the back of their mind, they're they're playing video games, they're watching movies, they're seeing something. They're all desensitized. They're desensitized. We're desensitized to the world around it. Absolutely. And so you have to have people that can speak up and, and say, hey, they're taking our liberties or our freedoms away. 
and that is not okay. You need to be able to speak against it, and you're not, and it's it's not going to be. We get used to it because it's slowly. Like right now, we've had so many things taken away from us, and it's slowly, little by little, that you know, like the desensitization of our kids and in school what they're teaching, you know, and even now it's like okay, well like with the grocery stores now we got one-way aisles and just all these little things that are going but they're not going away they're staying and it's just making it seem more and more normal so they can take the next little step and the next little step well when we started that's all that's been happening you know absolutely when we started the pandemic what was it about flattening the curve it wasn't about getting rid of it yeah right it was making so that your hospitals didn't get overloaded and our health you know we could keep up on it and they never once said you're not going to get it yeah they just were saying, try to stay home so we minimize it yeah. and we can stretch it now out. Now it's, yeah. But now it's, yeah. But that is even, now it's it's more about compliance. Yeah, we're, it's we're, nice. Absolutely. And it's then there's people that want to take, take away, you know, it, masks is a good example. They never once said you had to wear a mask in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. And, and they now they're getting to They didn't want you wearing that. masks yeah. in the beginning. They didn't want you wearing Yeah, masks. they said they did no good. And then they were like, yeah. So it's been a lot of misinformation and a lot of stuff out But there. we're also getting desensitized to all of that. Now yeah. we're just like, whatever. What's Whatever you, know, you want to do. Now it's, uh, you know, we're not looking at things common sense. That's what I worry about when it comes to our rights is that desensitization there like Absolutely. you're talking about. Where it's just like Because it's just one thing after another, one thing after another. And then you, you start getting – it's hard to keep up with it then all. Then you stop and you look back and you're like, wow, there was a huge – you know, huge, huge. And then you can see the steps yeah. taking place. Yeah. Absolutely agree. And I think that, that when it comes to our country, we have to have people that speak up for our, our liberties, our freedoms, and let them know that, hey, I understand where you're coming from, but that is not the case everywhere. And in yeah. your world, it seems like it's everywhere, but it's not. Right. I, I do think, um, I'm, I'm looking at the future here of this, and I, I kind of feel like things are going to start pushing toward local government. I think there for a while, we were letting federal government get very strong and some things like that. And I think that people right now are starting to look at it like, hey, like what happened during the pandemic in this state was not what happened here. And we need to be more in control of what we have to do here. Like what are our let's set our yeah, own rules our and guidelines. And, and and I think we're going to see a, a push agree. a push toward that. Well, I and mean, you watch uh, the Utah governor. There was there was some well, Washington, Washington wasn't Utah. This is Washington where Trump had told him. Either you take your city back, Seattle. Oh, the mayor, yeah, right? yeah. Or I will, and I think that that's that's a good indication. And that's not just that. There's there's right. Uh, I want to say it's Minnesota, but it's not. It's uh, Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of places. There are pockets around that are hot spots. Yeah. That are that are people acting way taking more liberties than they should. Um, Wasn't and, the Oregon governor? I think they said they were going to strip strip all of their powers because they just went too far oh yeah yeah and yeah. i think that that's so so there's going to be some people that say whoa wait a minute i mean if nothing else this pandemic has woken us up yeah to say hey we need to we need to do some things this is you can't make one blanket statement across the and it's going to be everywhere so getting back to the business side of it with what's going on because where i'm torn right now so is that it's easy to get bogged down in all this. Like we're trying to press forward. We're trying to build a business. We're trying to go to the next level, whatever that next level is. That's just a saying that we say, right? But 
but it's it's scary as far as like hey how do we invest into this if we don't even know if there's a this gonna be well with the economy we're talking like you know there's projections that so many more businesses are going to start going under and so many have people aren't going to be able to spend the kind of money well i think go on and finish finish well just what's your thought about this like with your with your uh business background and uh all this that we're talking about here. What are you thinking here as far as this goes? Double down and just keep pushing forward? I think there's two things. One shore is, up. well, I think the first answer to that is, is make sure that your house is in order, right? Yeah. Make sure that, and what I mean by that is, is when it comes to business, make sure that you aren't heavy in debt, you know, make sure that you have some money put aside for, for times that are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but be, be, aggressive when people are fearful and so once you because the way that the way that make this is what makes america great right is the opportunity to make money when people are fearful so you what i mean by that is um, yeah i'm watching it go if on you if you with the stock market and everything else right yeah now. so take the stock market okay mm-hmm. i invest a little bit i'm nowhere near anybody that makes a lot but right now I'm all in, you know, I'm watching companies and I'm, I'm, I'm buying, right? Yeah. Because I'm hopeful that in the future I'm going to make money. So I'm trying to find wonderful businesses that has no fault of their own that they're on sale. Yeah. So think of uh, buying $10 bills for five bucks, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's the concept. So when you're asking me about, you know, what's going to happen in the future, make sure that you are as prepared as you can be. Make sure you're not heavy in debt when it comes to business and then double down, you know? Well, the, I think the businesses that are going to make it through this are they going to be the ones that are going to make it out on time. You know, they're going to be the ones that survive it all if you can maintain through it. Absolutely. Um, and you, but you got to be smart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess that's kind of our approach. It, I, there are times where I'm feeling like, oh, geez, maybe we don't, maybe we should hold off, see what happens. But I agree with you. Um, we're taking little steps that we can to to try and get, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna put out a job posting here. Like I'm hiring. I'm gonna start hiring, and uh, we're gonna hiring. We're trying to get our sauce. We're dealing with the company on getting our sauce bottled. We're try, gonna start having a product that we can sell online nationally. Um, but this is the time to do that. Yeah, I mean, think about it. it. You now have an opportunity. Most people, most employers, right? You're looking for people. Um, who already have a job that you want to bring over to your place. That doesn't mean that those people may not get laid off, right? Yeah. But when you're in a normal setting, mm-hmm. you want to try to find people that are A's, right? Yeah. You want you want aces. Well, what a better time than right now when people are getting laid off to find those people yeah. and bring them on board. Well, yeah. And just a couple of months ago, we were complaining because the economy was too good to where it was hard to get people like there yeah. was there was like no unemployment everybody's got a good job yeah. and to get people or keep people you had to be paying pretty damn good to be competitive and it was nobody really needed it nobody needed <laughs> no, it absolutely now we're so, turning around it's and now you have an opportunity to be bold yeah when everybody else is fearful right yeah yeah you have an opportunity to cherry pick the people that you want you know it's amazing how many people, when you talk about, I would love somebody to come in and say, hey, I want to be able to run a food truck in 10 years. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I would love to learn how to cook. I would love, and I'll do it. I'll do it for free. Yeah. I mean, if somebody walked in and told you that, you're like, Oof, come on, right? Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Most people won't. No, I, yeah. You know why? Because they're scared. That person already showed them their cards, for lack of a better term, right? They already said, this is what I want to do. And someday I'm going to be your competitor, you know? And the very fact that they were open, honest, right? And told them that, they're going to be like, nope, don't want to bring you on. Because I don't want somebody to be my competitor. Yeah, I look at it the opposite. I'm like, come on, let's get you developed. I don't care if you're my so-called competitor. Because if I can help build this person up, then in today's world, like there's no shortage of success out there. So if I can help make this person successful and I can lift this person up, we're going to be able to collaborate. And through the real success is through collaboration and, and through, um, I'm like, uh, I, I think people are afraid to be, be viewed as a sucker. Like they think that they got to get, you know, they got to negotiate something. They got to get the best deal for themselves. They're too afraid to come in and ask to, to, to do something for free um, so they can get experience and move up. Like I would take that person under my wing. I would teach them everything. I hold no secrets back. So when you're, when you're hiring, put that out there. How this is you, what you're looking for. Yeah. How do you put that out there? Like what do you? Well, in short, what you're asking for is a creative person. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about creative people, April's creative person. You're a creative person, right? Yeah. The thing about creative people is, is they're not going to stay with you very long unless they feel challenged. Yeah. So if you look back on the jobs that you had, Mm -hmm. right? The reason why you were working those jobs was there was a means to an end. Yeah. Right. Right. Or it was something that you bought into. Okay. Those people are the ones that you want on your business. The problem with those people is as soon as it starts to get boring, right? They're moving on because they, they there's, there's a challenge somewhere, right? Um, and so for me, and a good example is, you know, what I love about education is I can't, I, no one can tell me personally that, well, I would hire you, but you, know, you don't have this. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, they can tell me they don't want to hire me because they don't think I'll work out. They can say, oh, it's a, lots of different options. Mm-hmm. But they can't tell me it's because I'm freaking lazy and I, do, I don't have the opportunity to it, right? Right. And so the opportunity comes with the challenge that's there. Creative personalities, are, they're a five to seven year gig anyway. Yeah. Well, in five to seven years, you don't plan on being where you're at. So right. those are the people you want because you want to keep growing. So if you looked at Google... Um, one of the people that they look at when they're hiring people are creative geniuses that are moving it. Who would have told you that they could map the world? You know, that's what their goal is, to map yeah. the world. Right. And they drive little cars around, right? And we get on Google Maps today for it. Yeah. Um, when they started in 2000, they're like, we want to have a computer at the palm of your hand. And in 2000, it was totally un- crazy to think about. Right. In 2007, it, it came place. Right? Yeah. Apple was doing the same thing. So, and, and they both came out at the same time. I find that ironic, but it still happened at the same time. And so those creative geniuses are really what you're looking for in a, in a business where you guys are constantly moving forward anyway. Yeah, correct. Uh, it is, it is uh, in a, well, we're in a town of 1800. We're having to actually hire and try to pull from other areas or at least open the pool up that far. 
Um, so it, it's the challenge for us is how do we make this financially attractive enough to pull good enough people and people who might even have to travel like commute the opposite direction. Usually everybody's commuting toward Laurel, commuting toward Billings or whatever. But how do we, you know, I mean, I'm not asking that question. That's just something that we are trying to figure out is how do we bring in the right people, even if it's. But people are driving an hour, right? True. Does it matter whether you drive an hour to Billings or an hour away from Billings? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, But that's. It's a challenge. No, it is. It is. And I get it. But the people that you're looking for are those ones, the ones that are creative people to help move your business forward. True. We're trying to get away from the mind schedule, honestly. (laughs) Because you hire around here and it's like, well, I can only work on these days because my husband's home or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. those are the days and da 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 da. And so our business is, you know, starts revolving around the mind and uh, we can't operate around the mind. So it's just like, so we are, we're trying to, you know, develop a system though that, uh, so that we're not revolving around that and that we can pull the right people in to help grow the business without without having it feel like we're revolving around that. Do you have a, what do you, what kind of problems do you ever, well, you brought them up earlier, but what are your problems when it comes to hiring? Just that, that you were mentioning earlier that when you start telling them all the hoops they got to jump through, but you're going to provide this, 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 and this and pay for it. Like, uh, well, so I look at it differently. I know that I'm going to go through eight people before I find the one that I want. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's an ongoing process of, because um, you have people inquire all the time. I mean, people are asking about it and they want to know. Um, you're going to go through eight, so it's 10 to 1. Think of it that way. It's really okay. more of an 8 to 1 ratio, but it's a 10 to 1 ratio. So somewhere in those eight, 8 to 10 people, I'm going to find one person that I can start in the background and kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the challenge is finding the ones that can come up. The other ones is, is, is you know, there's certain people you don't want to work with. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. right. And so finding somebody that has the same, um, at least similar work interest, values, background, you know what I mean? Right. Um, we, sh- we certainly focus on that because we're all, I call it, it's like working in a walk-in closet together. We have such close quarters. Like you really got to like the people that you're working with. Well, and you have to understand each other a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and uh, if they smell funny, you're, you're not going to want to work with them for very long. Well, if they smell funny, they shouldn't be in the food business because if they, <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, if there's personal hygiene issues, which I've run a cop, which, I've, you know, we've all worked with somebody like we've, you know, at times, but definitely we try to get people who have the right values. I think, uh. Anyway, so to keep going with what you're asking is it's hard to find because once you get people that have CDLs, um, they have their endorsements, they have their request. Well, now you got somebody who has to pass a drug test and they have to be on, you know, at any given time they can be called and and pass a drug test. They have to be somebody who's reliable. Um, They have to be somebody who's willing to work because, you know, they're going to be driving in, you know, all kinds of conditions. With a bomb. With a bomb you know, at the, strapped to them. So they have to be able to handle stress a little bit and the road. I mean, let's be honest. Some days you're like, dude, I don't, I'm not going out there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it's a matter of trying to find the constant person. So in my mind, it's, it, I'm constantly trying to find people that are interested in doing that. Um, and in the industry, 
and this is true all, all over. I don't think I've ever been in an industry where they're not saying, hey, we're worried about the future, you know, of, of finding people that are going to be here long term. Um, we talk about long term and we talk about the companies giving back to them. But, you know, in my experience, you know, in, in my career type thing, that's mostly lip service that people are giving. Yeah. Um, you know, very seldom do companies really care about what, about you. You know, it's kind of like, oh, there's somebody, you know, how many times have you been told, well, there's somebody that will fill your shoes when you leave. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so we, as a managers, they talk about wanting people to be there for longevity, but really do they give that back to them and try to, to encourage, and we try, I mean, we come up with ideas and you want to give them bonuses and incentives and right. Right. Um, so it's not that it's, it's not an option there, but in today's option you know the guy next door if they find out that you're a good worker they're going to be calling you saying hey you know what are they doing yeah. i'll pay you two dollars more right right and so we're all one boss away from hating our jobs yeah and so you think about it in terms of you know who is it that i would like to work with um who is it that they would like to work with and i'm okay with training somebody out of their position i've never been one to think that I'm going to be in my position forever. I don't want you there. I, I'm all, I'm totally good with yeah. teaching you everything that I know. Right. Because I don't plan on being here in five years. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years, but I don't plan on being here. You know? Right. Um, uh, if I am, that's okay. Do you have that approach with your position now? Where Absol- you're at absolutely. I have. I, and this goes back to my core belief is. Are you going to let your higher ups listen to this at some point? And they're going to be like, oh, great. Oh, no, great. I've Cody's told them, out. No, I've told them. And they said, well, Cody, what do you want to be? And I said, hopefully I'll have your job, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, now, is that ambitious? I'm sure. Maybe you'll be head of content. Yeah, Maybe you'll be head of content. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And I'm okay with that. I can tell you that the exciting part is to plan for it, right? Yeah, right, right. Prepare um, and don't be, you know, be in a spot where when the opportunity comes, when the opportunity is knocking, right, you want to be opening that door. And so for me, it's about teaching somebody let me teach you. And it goes right back to my core belief is the education, right? And that doesn't mean that it has to be formal. I'm saying that you've got to teach people to replace you. And otherwise, you miss that link in that chain. Yeah. Those circles of influence. Yeah. We were and just it, talking about that this morning. And uh, we had a little BFL meeting at like 4 a.m. this morning. I mean, Connor, April. That was horrible grammar. <laughs> Connor, April, and I. And uh, we're talking about that. But, yeah, I'm trying. To, we're going to post. And i got to quit doing all the jobs and start getting people in there. It's scary when you're Absolutely watching numbers. Scary. And uh, you're trying to make sure that, well, I don't, I don't want to hire somebody and then be able to not afford them in a month or two. So we're definitely trying to figure that all out. But, yes, I, I agree with you. Got to start hiring people to replace what I do. And then, Well, and there's different ways to hire them. I mean, you can do an I-9, right? You can hire people that are contracts coming yeah. in. Um, you can hire people part-time. Yeah. You can hire people that are just doing um, an in-service yeah. where they want to learn. So, you know, you come in and, and, you know, if you learn this step, then you'll get another quarter, you know, or a yeah, dollar. Yeah. You learn this step, you do another one. You do another because people need goals right, right. to work towards. Um, and, I, and I'm very much this way. If you said, if you came to me and said, Cody... I'll give you a $2 raise and this is the steps you have to do, right? I guarantee you it may take me two freaking years, but at some point I'm going to be on the top. Right, right. Um, because that's just my personality. 
give me something to look forward to. And so um, when I was growing up, one of the things we, I, I love wrestling. I played football. I did lots of sports, right? Wrestling is the one where it's just you and them at the end of the day. And you, you've got to be able to, I may lose, but it's going to be hell for you. Yeah. You know? And so my point behind that is you go and, and you start with, this is where I'm starting and this is where I'm ending. And so when I started, my goal was to be a state champion, you know? And if it wasn't, if I wasn't the state champion, the person that beat me was because it's going to be hell for him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so as you go through life, that's exactly the approach that I take is you go in and you work, you know, some days, let's be honest, some days you're giving it, but your A effort is truly your B effort. Right. But it's your A effort for that day. For that day. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you go in and you give it the best and then you keep going, okay, this is the next level. This is the next level. This is the next level. Um, and before you know it, you know, you climb a mountain, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You climb a yeah. mountain one step at a time. Yeah. Right. You start by getting out of bed. You start by the hardest part of any job is getting started. Yeah. And then after that, you look back and go, okay, I can do the next one. You know, there's uh, many times where I'm looking at it, like, just keep showing up. And that's... 80%. Of, I tell my kids that all the time. I said 80% of life. And to be honest, I think it's more like 95% of time. Yeah. Is showing up. Yep. Because yep. not everybody's going to show up, right? Yep. And so, you know, just showing up is huge. Yeah. Well, um, we're hitting five years. We're hitting five years uh, open within uh, days. So. Uh, That's amazing, right? You've made it You've made it through the hard part. Yeah, it is amazing. Over some, The statistic is that 80% of restaurants will go under. And I, I can't remember the exact statistic about how many of them make it five years, but it's like some completely ridiculously small number. But 80% of, of restaurants go out of business, I think, within five years. I think that's just what, yeah, what that number is. Yeah, they usually don't make it past five years. That's true with most things. Yeah. Though, yeah. right? But it is. Restaurants have just mm, notoriously bad numbers. And there's those. a high turnover rate. There's there's a lot of things going against them. So Restaurants are not an easy Get, right. dig it into and no. make it like well, actually it, make it. It never goes away. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to be here tomorrow making the same thing that you're making today. Yep. There's very slim profit margins and, and some mm -hmm. things like that. So, but anyway, back to it is, is a lot of that time is just keep showing up. I've watched a lot of food trucks come and go in the last five years in the Billings area. And I think people don't, they underestimate how difficult it's going to be. And, and with any business, you that, underestimate. I was just going to go you there. You underestimate. Any, any businesses that way. The, yeah. the key to most businesses is you keep doing something. Yeah. You keep keep taking up, a step keep forward. Keep taking a step keep, forward. Keep showing keep up. Keep moving. Yeah. And you try to pay off. A lot of people are horrible with money. Yeah. And so if you can get your debt paid off or paid down, and so you're not taking on a lot of it, the ones that are going to make it through this time are those that have paid for themselves. Yeah. And have taken the time to not have to pay. I mean, there's lots of people out there that have to pay rent and they have to pay their mortgage. They have yeah. to pay, right? Um, and if you're not making the money to come in for that and prepare for it, yeah, then you're not going to be able to make that stretch through it. Yeah, yeah very true. Um, I'm not a genius with the money thing, but one thing, uh, we, I feel fortunate about that. We don't have a lot of debt in the business. That's, so we're in five years. 
we've got rent, we've got our bills that we got to pay, some things like that. And I think that has. Uh, That's just going to get you through when uh, it's tight. When money, you know, when money's tight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, hey, well, this has been fun. I, I'm like soaking up information. This is the point of this podcast. <laughs> it's so that I can get into conversations with people and see what I can learn from them. It's not about, that's what this is all about. It's like, hey, let's do a podcast. It's so easy. It's the it's it's us being able to put together content. It's us being able to put out worldwide distribution for free. And and we get to pick people's brains and get to get to learn from them. Get so, to know them a little bit. Yeah, so this is awesome that uh, that we're, that you would take the time to do this. I've been hounding you about this. I know, I'm glad. It, it's uh, I don't want to think about it too much because then you start looking at yourself and watching it and thinking, man, maybe I said something I shouldn't have said. Oh, we've said way too much, <laughs> way too much. Well, then you worry about it afterwards, but you know, no, but in and of itself, it's so. Good. Well, at least we're not live. I can go back through there and I can uh, take that out, trim it out where when you slipped up and said that f bomb or whatever it was. So now we're going to be like, where did they cut that out? No, he didn't slip up. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but uh, I'm not, I did, at first I was thinking like, let's just shoot them live because we do lives and, and uh, whatever. But then I was like, no, like let's put some production quality into it. And let's... Well, and you never know. You might have somebody that comes on there's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully <laughs> I know who we're talking to. But uh, so hopefully this won't be the last time. Maybe we can pick your brain in the future again. Any anytime, you're welcome to. And uh, we'll do that. And I'm I'm really we're we're really focusing on uh, doing this and uh, giving us a platform to just meet people, pick people's brains, and uh, see what we can learn in our adventure as we try to build a breakfast burrito empire. One burrito at a time. One burrito at a time. All right. How you climb a mountain. Well. Hey, thank you for uh, taking the time to do this with us today. And uh, thank you. All right, we'll do it again in the future. Thank you.